Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com. We're in this series called Wholeness. We've been in it. This is part three of our wholeness series, and it's been amazing to discover that God put wholeness in our hearts so that we can use wholeness in our hands. It's so that we can be those who make peace, because one of the problems in the world right now is people want peace around them, but they have pieces missing within them. They want peace around them, but they don't have peace in their hearts. There's a lot of people right now, some of the loudest voices have no peace to give, but they want peace around them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's evident. It's prevalent. It's all over. So what we need to do as the church is rise up and be solutionaries. Be those with the actual gift of wholeness to give away. Freely you've received, freely give. Amen? And so we have been saved. We talked about this, and that word means made whole. Come on, say sozo. That's the Greek word for saved. It means complete, made whole. God has done that for you and I so that we can give it away. Amen? And we can invite others into it. And today, in that same vein, in this series, I just was asking the Lord, because I always do that. I ask the Lord, what do you want to say to your kids? Because you're all his kids. You're not my kids. You know, I'm leading this, but that doesn't make me. It actually says, Jesus said, call no one on earth your father. So deal with that on Father's Day. You know, but only your father in heaven, right? The idea is call no one on earth your ultimate source, right? And so you should call no one on earth your ultimate source. Hello, those listening by audio, I'm pointing to myself, okay? So this should not be something you come, you eat, you leave. This should not be me feeding you. This should not be any of that. This is me making you hungry. This is me enticing you with fresh bread. Just in the oven, you know that smell of fresh bread, you know? So I want that every week. And so I'm always asking the Lord for a fresh word. And, you know, I could type into Google, like, Father's Day versus Father's Day sermons. I just refused to do that. Instead, I sat on my couch. I have a couch in my office. I didn't sit. I laid down on my couch. I think it's, a, it's appropriate to lay down on a couch if you lead a place called the resting place in order to get a word from the Lord, you know? Sometimes I go into visions and dreams, you know? And anyway, <laughs> yes, anyway, that's what I mean. I wanted to hear from the Lord. And this verse, when I turned off my brain, you know, when I stopped trying. This verse popped in my head that he's turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the children back to the fathers. And so I looked that up because I knew it was in the Bible somewhere. I looked it up and that's out of Luke chapter one. We're going to read it in a minute, but this is what I believe the Lord is saying today. Wholeness has to start at home. Wholeness must begin at home. So today we're going to talk about what it looks like for wholeness to be lived out at home. And it's going to be very practical. I'm usually very scripture heavy and like make you chew a lot. This is not going to be that. This is just, okay, here's a verse and here's some practical steps towards that. Is that okay? So I might feel a little different. I'm good with that. So we're going to read Luke chapter 1 verse 17. This is when the angel came to uh, Zechariah, who's John the Baptist's dad, okay? And it was, John wasn't here yet. It was prophesying over John and what he was going to do. So everything we're about to read is actually the angel speaking to dad to be about John, okay? So we have it for you on the screen, but you can look it up if you want. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Luke chapter 1, verse 17. It says, he, again, this is John the Baptist, he will go before the Lord as a forerunner with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be instrumental, say instrumental, 
He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. I'm going to read that again. He, John the Baptist, will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. I just want to point something out that just dropped in my spirit. I haven't said this all weekend. Did you notice what's first? The father turns in tenderness first before the children return to the righteousness. Oftentimes we get that backwards. I need my prodigal, my prodigal to come home. No, you need to be a home for your prodigal. That was free. All right? They'll turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, children to the fathers. And here's what it is. He will prepare a united people, say a united people, who are ready for the Lord's appearing. That is amazing because this comes straight out of Malachi verse, or chapter 4, verse 6. You know, the Italian prophet, Malachi, that guy. Um, yeah, it's bad church jokes. It's bad. <laughs> yes, it is bad. Anyway. This is the final verse of the Old Testament. It's referring to the final verse of the Old Testament, okay? So the last word to the Israelites from God before sending John the Baptist was, I'm going to make your families whole so you can receive the Messiah. I'm going to make your fathers tender towards their sons and daughters so you can receive the Messiah. If the Israelites had to have wholeness in their homes in order to receive Jesus, we also need wholeness in our homes to receive the appearing of the Lord. Amen? Amen? So, that's a lot of the scripture I'm going to share with you. Now we're going to get practical about that. And this is a sensitive subject for many. Okay? Because most of you are not like me. I had the most amazing father on the planet. He's in the room. He's right here in the front row. The most incredible dad ever. Ever. And in as much as he is, in, is incredible, he's got nothing on Abba. And he doesn't mind me saying that because he knows it's true. I remember one time my father yelled at me, one time. Did you hear what I just said? I only remember him yelling at me once. And you know what he did? I'm getting ahead of myself because this is later in the sermon, but I don't care. I might just repeat myself because it might be important. I don't know. After yelling at me, he went and took a break outside, sat on a bench, came back in, and apologized and said, you didn't deserve that. Because it was anger, not righteous anger. It was just anger spilling over. He said, would you forgive me? That's what he said to me. So not everyone has that experience. I've actually never met anyone with that experience. And I understand that I'm speaking from a place that most people can't speak from. But let me tell you, it's to your benefit that I can say these things. Are you with me? You know, people say, well, that's easy for you to say. Thank God it's easy for someone to say. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I understand as I get into some of this stuff, it might hit your heart weird because you didn't necessarily have a good experience like I did. Okay? I understand that. This is not an indictment on your fathers or any father in this room. Let me just say it this way. This is not to be weaponized against any man in this room. That thing, the, the long-haired preacher guy talking about, yeah, you do that. You're like that. Ah. Okay, wrong. You're wrong. You're, they're not wrong. You're wrong. All right? The problem is you if you're saying those things after this sermon. Okay? Just want to get that clear. 
No weaponizing. Amen? Why? Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? All right. So here's how the Lord just kind of processed this with me. He's like, well, let's talk about what a father with his heart not turned turn towards the children look like, right? So a heart turned away. What does that look like? It can look like being physically absent, right? You're not physically there like dads who are never home. That's not just they don't take care of their kids. Like you're always at work and never at home, right? Physically absent. It can mean being emotionally absent, physically present, but emotionally absent, you know, not being able to connect, not, you know, spending more time doing whatever you do, you know. For me, my fight is Facebook because I feel like I need to change the world with Facebook. I don't know. I have a thing. I just feel like I'm going to change the world using Facebook. <laughs> so I have to monitor that, you know, and make sure I'm spending more time in my, kid, my kid's face than on Facebook, you know what I mean? So even, you know, all of us have some measure of this to work on, amen? Amen. I mean, let me rephrase that. I have a measure to work on. Maybe you do. I don't know. But I know about me, and I have stuff to work on. Amen? Yeah, you can say yes, Caleb. You have work to do. You can say it. It's good. It's good. I know. And so physically absent, emotionally absent, and then overly harsh and domineering is evidence of a heart not turned towards but turned away. Ephesians 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children. One translation says, do not provoke your children to anger. Don't exasperate your children, but raise them up with loving discipline and counsel. Say loving discipline. Did you know that discipline can be loving? <laughs> Did you know that God does not divorce his nature from his rebuke? Did you know that when he corrects you, he does it with gentleness, patience, kindness, joy? When God rebukes you, he does it with a smile on, and it's not sarcastic. He does it with joy. This is going to be so good for you. <laughs> anyway, I'll get in trouble for that, but I don't care. Spare the rod. Loving discipline and counsel. It's okay. You could be uncomfortable. You need the comforter. That's what I'm trying to get you to. With loving discipline and counsel that brings the revelation of our Lord. Ephesians 4, 6. Let's, let's pop that back up there. So what I'm pointing out here is that John was called to restore the relationship of fathers to the son so that they could be ready for the appearing of the Lord. And this says that if you do loving discipline and loving counsel, if you act that way, there will be a revelation of our Lord. Jesus will be revealed to your family inasmuch as you are lovingly disciplinary, you know, as lovingly correcting, lovingly counseling. This reveals Jesus. You know, sometimes we put off our responsibilities on the Lord and we say, oh, man, that kid, that kid, we just, you just need to go to a youth camp. You just need to, oh, son, you need to pray. You need to read your Bible. No, you, you, dad, need to learn loving discipline and loving counsel. That reveals the Lord. Amen. So a father with his heart turned towards their children can look like being present in the good times and the bad. You're just there, man. My father has answered the phone 99% of the times I've called him. He'll be at work. He'll be doing something. He will answer the call. And sometimes I'm like, why did you answer my phone call? You're doing something. Like, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> but he, hey, son. I call him. I'm about, I'm going to hear the tone, and I'm going to hear, hey, son. I can almost, like, count it down for you. 
can mouth it out as I'm calling him on speakerphone for you. It's consistent. He's present. That's a heart turned towards their children. Present. You want to know what a heart turned towards the children uh, uh, looks like? You need examples? Get around Scott Smiley. Get around Jimmy Borrego. Get around some of the men who lead this church. That's what a heart turned towards their children looks like. Amen? So present in the good and the bad. Emotionally strong is another thing. Emotionally strong to bear the burdens with their children, right? It takes emotional fortitude to raise a human being. Hello? Yeah? Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, my son's almost three, and this might not apply to you. I don't know, and it might seem silly, but it's an emotional roller coaster around my house, all right? It is. Like, my thought is, he's asking for Peppa Pig. So I turn on Peppa Pig. We're going to be good for half an hour, right? No. He's in love with Peppa Pig, and then Peppa Pig scares him, and he's running around the house screaming, and now he wants a knack. A snack. Knack, knack. I'm like, what? Is this emotional eating? What is this? I don't know. It's an emotional roller coaster. Like, what is going on inside that tiny little body? I have no idea. Just that takes emotional fortitude. Never mind, like a 16-year-old who's trying to find the limits. Are you hearing me? I gave my parents some grief. I know none of you did, but I did as a teenager. So a heart turned towards the children looks like being emotionally strong so as to bear the burdens with them, right? Not running from their burdens. Be like, yeah, you got to figure that out because I just can't. Yeah? Finally, correcting by speaking the truth in love. There needs to be corrections. Fathers are supposed to correct. Think of it as a course correction. Like, hey, if you keep going that way, it's going to hurt. So I'm going to correct your course so that you go in the way that won't hurt you. Children, listen up. If they're trying to correct you, it's probably because they already went that way. They already felt that pain, and you'd be silly not to learn from their mistakes. Hello? You'd be silly not to listen. Like, hey, I've done that before. It really hurts. Don't do that. You know? Anyway, that's correction, right? And this is from Proverbs 22.6. It says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go, and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Let me just submit to you that whatever values you impart to them will be with them for life. So you might want to make them good ones, yeah. right? It's just going to stick with them. I got to make a side note here, and this is a little dicey. I don't care. I actually enjoy it being a little on the edge here. I want to make a side note to the young men right now, all right? Side note to the young men watching online and in this room. If you are not ready to be present in the good and the bad, and you are not ready to bear the emotional burden of raising another human being, then you are not ready to have intercourse. Period. Is it wrong? Is it bad? Is it I love? I, uh, are you ready for family? Only question worth answering. My dad told me that early on in life, and it's the one thing that kept me abstinent. Not without opportunity. All right, you can be butt ugly, but the lead singer in a band with long hair, guitar player. There is opportunity. I played in bars every weekend. Christian band don't matter. All right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's talking about sex. Yes. If we don't, 
Come on. It's like taboo to talk about the thing that God created and, and made for us to enjoy in marriage covenant. Yeah, it's been abused. But you know what you don't do with an abused child? Neglect it. <laughs> we need to nurture this subject. And gingerly and carefully say, here's the pure version. Intercourse is acceptance of family. Intercourse means I am accepting a family. In, even in the act, because you're saying that woman is your family. Forever. You're going to be connected. Hello? Trying to help you, young men. Trying to help you. Even if you're an old man. Whatever. <laughs> Trying to help you. The act of intercourse is the acceptance of the burden of a family. Present in the good and bad. Emotional fortitude required. <laughs> the question, the only question needs to be, am I ready to accept the family right now? Because whatever man sows... That also he shall reap. God will not be mocked. Some of you hearing what I'm saying right now. Okay, I'll leave it alone because you've had enough. <laughs> if the Israelites needed the father-child relationship to be made whole before they could recognize Jesus, we also need the father-child relationship hold in order to recognize the new thing that God is doing. Are you hearing me? Yes, we've already received Jesus, but I feel like the Lord is saying wholeness has to start at home in order to receive the new thing. Come on, everybody's praying for the White House. You should pray for your house. I'm sorry. The White House is not an indicator of my wholeness. In fact, you spend more time thinking about the White House than your house. There's a problem. Whether you're thinking fondly or negatively, I don't care. Whichever one you're thinking about more is enthroned on your heart. Jesus, help me. Should have said this not on live stream. Whatever. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Sometimes I check. Like, can, I, can I leave that alone? And he's like, yeah, okay, okay. Let's talk about what wholeness lived out at home requires, okay? I have three things. I asked the Lord, okay, what does this require? Because I like being practical. Wholeness lived out at home requires three things. Please write this down. Number one, quick forgiveness. Number two, deep spiritual roots. Because there's going to be storms, y'all, all right? <laughs> deep spiritual roots. And number three, a safe environment for healthy risks. We're going to leave that up there for a minute. I want you to take this with you, and I'm going to talk through all three of those real quick. So learning to forgive quickly, okay? That's because fathers should give for, forgive first and forgive fast. One time I was complaining to the Lord. My wife is in the room. I don't mind saying it with her in the room. I was complaining to the Lord about the fact that I always ask forgiveness first. I always forgive first. I'm like, what's up with that? Why won't she come to me about, you know, why do I have to go to her, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, are you really complaining to me about forgiving first? I was, but I'm not anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. Come on. You're made for it. Men, listen to me. You're made for it. 
You're made to forgive first and forgive fast. Why? Because it displays the Father. It unveils the Father to your children. You, you want them to know what he's like? Forgive first and fast. Boom, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Forgiven. That's not okay what you did, and I refuse to punish you because that's the deal here. Forgiveness is not ignoring the pain. It's refusing to punish the one who caused it. Forgiveness doesn't ignore the pain. It doesn't say it's no big deal. It didn't hurt. It's not a big deal. You didn't do anything wrong. That's how forgiveness is preached. That's not forgiveness. That's dumb. That's denial, okay? It's not forgiveness. Forgiveness says, man, that really, really hurt. It was a, that's a big mess. It's not okay that you did that, and I refuse to punish you. It's way more powerful. Way more powerful. Why? Because any lack of forgiveness is unbelief in the finished work of Christ. Any unforgiveness you harbor in your heart towards anyone, this applies everywhere, is a display of your unbelief that it is finished. Jesus paid for some... If Jesus paid it all, why are we punishing one another for things already redeemed? I'm not saying don't discipline. I'm not saying don't correct. I'm saying fear has to do with punishment. If I don't punish my kids and spare the rod, spoil the child, I don't know, the rod of correction. Don't go that way. Here's the rod of correction. No, 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 don't go that way. This way. Not Okay. Forgiveness is not ignoring the pain. It's looking it straight in the face and say, I refuse to punish you for causing this pain. Because Jesus already took the punishment for this pain. Some of you need to forgive your earthly fathers because you gave them the expectation of your heavenly father. You expected them to be perfect. And that expectation will always, always be disappointed. Some of you need to forgive yourself as fathers because you expected yourself to be perfect and you've been carrying stuff for years. Whoa, someone has pain in their, the left side of their neck because of it. It's going to leave when you forgive yourself. S stuff happens, man. It's weird, I know. It's like I got this pain in my neck. I know what it was. Right away I knew what it was. Not mine. If you're a parent or a child, there has to be a, a core belief that everyone in your home is to die for. You are to die for. I refuse to devalue you. Amen? Number two, maintain deep spiritual roots in God. Here's, this is really simple, but really, really good, okay? Dads, let me help you. Ask the Lord for wisdom every day. <laughs> every day. You wake up, just do it. Set an alarm on your phone. I don't care what you got to do. Lord, give me wisdom. Help me, Lord. Give me wisdom. James 1 says anyone who asks for wisdom will receive it because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't hold back wisdom from you. So you have a treasure chest of wisdom in heavenly places that you need to write a check on. You tell me that you, fathers of teenagers, you tell me you don't need more wisdom? You need wisdom. I was a teenager. You need wisdom, all right? Okay? Wisdom. Ask for wisdom every day in prayer. It's a healthy habit, you know? Like, we're not anti-healthy habits because we're anti-legalism, right? It's not religious to have healthy habits. Hello? It's not legalistic and wrong to have healthy habits. Like, you know, what it's, you know what's a healthy habit? Like brushing your teeth. I'm glad you did that. That's a healthy habit. 
It's also a healthy habit to pray every day and ask the Lord for wisdom. Trying to be practical. Here's the next one. Stay in the word of God for crying out loud. Please read your Bibles. Please listen to the word. You got no excuses. You got like 500 translations in your pocket everywhere you go. Okay, you can listen to it for free. All right, Bible Gateway, version they're all free. All right, you know what I do sometimes? I just put my AirPods in and listen to it while I'm at my house while my kids are screaming. I can't even hear a word that John is saying, but it's getting in there. Your spirit man is listening. You understand? Faith comes by hearing. You need to hear it. Before you listen to that podcast or that talk radio or whatever you do in the car, listen to the word, please. Please, there's a lot of voices out there right now. Before you turn on the news for crying out loud, start with the word. Please, 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 I'm begging you. This is how you maintain deep spiritual roots. Finally, intentionally speak blessings over your family. Hope this is okay. This is not like a hype session. This is me trying to help you, all right? Intentionally speak blessings. Make it intentional, okay? So I am going to choose to bless my family, not only in times where you have cursed on accident or whatever like that. It's just I'm going to make the step to bless, all right? Like I deal with people all week long. I talk to all y'all all week long, all right? I deal with a team of people, of human beings all day long, all right? You know how much baggage I could bring home and pour it on my kids? I have made a practice of cutting that sucker off at the door. Before I walk in my house, as I'm walking up my side, I say, I'm bringing only blessings home. I'm bringing blessing into my house. Sometimes I say it out loud before I grab the, when I grab the door handle because I need to. I was like, I'm only bringing blessing home. You're only bringing blessing home. <laughs> Caleb, you paying attention? Only blessing. Okay, I got it. You know? So simple. And then encouragement. Like, you know what your kids need more than anything? You can do it. You can do it. I've never once said to my dad, hey, I want to do something. He's like, no, I don't think you can do that. He always goes, wow, awesome. Go for it. And then he helps me. <laughs> That's the father. So learn to forgive quickly. Maintain deep spiritual roots in God. And finally, create a safe environment for healthy risk. I need to explain this one because here's what I'm saying. Mistakes are going to be made, all right? People are going to mess up, all right? I, at least in my house. My, my kids are going to make messes. I don't know about your house, but that's my house, all right? My kids are going to make messes. Let me just tell you, your kids are going to make messes, all right? You're going to make messes on your kids or with your kids, whatever. So we have to create a safe path for people to own their mess. Here's what I'm saying. If someone if in your family namely your kids or whatever, especially your kids, come to you and confess something, the worst thing you can do is blow up on them. Because what you're saying is, you can't trust me with your confession. I'm not safe to come to with a mess. But if you learn to respond with care, you take responsibility. You get a new ability to respond, and it's called carefully you learn to respond with care, they'll know, I can go to dad when I mess up. In fact, I should. 
There's a great meme. I just remembered it going around the internet. You might have heard it. You might have seen it, but I just feel like it's worth it. Religion says, I messed up. Better hide from my dad. The gospel says, I messed up. Better go to dad. Right? Man, I made a mess. I better go to my dad. We have to create a safe path for people to do that, for the people in our house to do that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number three point B, I don't know, communicate healthy boundaries. We need to, your fathers need to communicate healthy boundaries. No, you can't go that far. No, you can't run into the street, you know. You know, it's not love to sit on your, like, your porch and watch your kid run into the street and say, hey, stop. Stop it. That would not be love. It's stop right now. That's love. They don't stop. You tackle them. It might hurt, but it won't harm. Are you hearing me? You need to communicate healthy boundaries in a healthy way. And you need to give them choices. Okay, here's what I'm saying. Communicate lifestyle choices like this is not a good choice, that's a bad choice, without taking away their choices. Okay, here's what the church does historically. We chop down the second tree in the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We take away choices, and we call it sanctification. We take our ability away from our kids to make a mistake, and we call it holiness. We call it maturity. That's not maturity. <laughs> it's just, again, dumb, all right? Because guess what? You can't remove their choices. No matter how hard you try, choice is the axiom of love. Choice is the pinnacle. You're gonna, they're going to have choices in life. Are you following me? I hope this is okay. What I'm saying is don't remove their choices if they make bad choices. Set healthy boundaries and communicate proper lifestyle choices. Are you with me? Yeah? All right. I know this is a bigger topic than I'm going into right now, but I'm trying to inspire something in you today. Finally, we need to make a choice to always be for one another more than we're against bad behavior. All right? It has to be I'm for you, not I can't believe you did that. It has to be I'm for you, son. I'm for you, daughter. I believe in you more than don't do these things. Because whatever you lead with is what you're known for. You see it in the church. The church is known for what? Hating blank. Because that's what we lead with. What we're against instead of what we're for. This church leads with what we're for. That's why we say God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. We lead with what we're for. And you need to do the same. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com.